Let's do it, sir. Okay, we're ready. We're ready, Kurt. <clears throat> All right. Good evening, everyone. This is Richard Haig, Chairman of the Airport Advisory Board, and we're calling the meeting to order. And we'll start with the, uh, before roll call, we'll do the Opens Meeting Act and the, the procedures for the meeting tonight and how everybody to address the uh, the public and how we're going to run the meeting this evening. So I'll let Scott tell us those and go through the Open Meetings Act and then we'll get started. Uh, good evening. Let me uh, let one more person join our meeting and then we'll get started. My name is Scott Wagner. I'm the airport manager for the city of Lawrence and I welcome uh, to the August 4th meeting of the Aviation Advisory Board. I just have a few announcements as to how we're going to run the meeting this evening. I uh, want to provide a few reminders to ensure that the provisions of the Kansas Open Meetings Act are met. And then later this evening, we'll have some Open Meetings Act training. Commissioners, you must state your name and title each time you speak. All motions will need to be stated clearly. After a motion is made and seconded, the chair will call on commissioners individually to provide their vote. The chair will need to announce whether the motion carried and the count of the vote. Uh, various staff members of the city are present and they must also state their name and title each time uh, they speak. If we have any members of the public that are gonna to speak tonight to certain agenda items, uh, those items are noted on the meeting agenda and they will need to uh, state their name prior to uh, speaking as well or raise your hand on the Zoom feature. Individuals who signed up in advance to provide public comment remotely will be called on by name and I don't believe I received any uh, requests to provide comment and uh, as of right now we're not seeing anyone in the commission chambers. When you are called on please unmute your listening device and state your name before speaking and the regular three minute time limit will apply. The, the chair will call for in-person uh, public comment when we have that portion of our agenda and staff will direct persons that uh, may be here in person to the podium to speak. And I want to remind everyone again to please uh, mute yourself when you are not speaking. Uh, you can keep your uh, video on. Uh, since we have a small board, I think that's uh, uh, appropriate. And I will turn it back to our chair, Richard Hayden. Okay. Uh, first, uh, begin with, we do have some new board members this evening. So, this is Richard Hag, Chair of the Airport Advisory Board, and we will start by just doing a, a quick roll call of the, uh, the Airport Advisory Board members. So we'll start with myself. I am here, Richard Hag, uh, Dan Bourne. You have to unmute yourself, Dan. Dan, you're muted. Your, your mic's muted, Dan. Okay, there we go. Yeah, okay. if, uh, you think of this is Dan Bourne. You think I'd know after all this time, but uh, uh, my name is Dan Bourne. I'm a member of the Airport Advisory Board. Okay. Uh, Chris Coleman. I'm here. Clancy Maloney. Clancy Maloney's here. David Heap. Hi, David Heap's here. Happy to join. James Laster. Uh, Jim Laster. Jim. And Tiffany Hall. Tiffany Hall is here. Okay. Um, since we do have three new board members, I think it would be a good idea just to go around and introduce each other and uh, ourselves and just a little bit about ourselves. Um, and then we can get started on the regular agenda. Uh, to begin, my name is Richard Haig. 
I've been on the advisory board now for a little over 10 years, um, the chairman for the last couple, and seeing some real good positive changes at the airport, a lot of good development out there. And uh, hopefully we can keep that kind of growth and changes going and, and improve the airport for the city of Lawrence. Who would go down the list? Dan? Yeah, my name is Dan Bourne, and uh, I've been a member. This is my third term on the uh, Airport Advisory Board. Normally, we're limited to two terms, but I was asked to stay on because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, as Richard said, uh, it's been an interesting uh, couple of terms. Uh, we've met some some pretty significant challenges, I think, and I myself have learned a lot in terms of uh, airport uh, procedures and maintenance. And uh, I'm also a private pilot. I have a, a hangar um, A9 on uh, the Lawrence uh, Airport. Thank you, Dan. Chris Coleman. This is Chris Coleman, uh, airport advisory board member. I'm uh, finished. I finished my first year on the uh, board, uh, learning a lot about the airport and uh, glad to participate in any way that I can. Okay. Clancy Maloney. Uh, this is my first term. I came on the same time Chris did. And um, I'm really learning a lot about how the airport runs and uh, happy to be here and hope to hang around for a few more years. Thanks. Thank you, Fancy. David Heaton. Good evening, everybody. David Heb, uh, hey. taking over for uh, Monty as uh, KU's uh, representative. So my uh, first meeting uh, as a board member here. So excited to uh, learn more um, about um, you know everything that's gone on in the past and visions for the future. Thank you, Jim Laster. Uh, Jim Laster, been in aviation since 1998. Uh, been in Lawrence for 14 ish years. I got uh, just happy to be a part of the city and start doing whatever I can to help. Awesome. And Tiffany Hall. Hi, everyone. I'm Tiffany Hall. This will be my first term. Um, I'm an aviation enthusiast. I also work for the Chamber of Commerce here in Lawrence. So very uh, excited to work with you all on the aviation board and see how we can work together to have the airport be everything that we all would like to see it be. Thank you, everyone. Um, one thing I'd like to say is I think this is one of the uh, more balanced and dynamic boards that we've had because we have people from all walks of life as far as helping with the development from KU, with the endowment, with uh, the uh, chamber and helping the business development at the airport, which has been growing exponentially over the last four years. So it was great to have everybody aboard. So we'll move on to the agenda and uh, we'll start by the uh, reviewing the, the minutes from the May 5th meeting. Does anyone have any comments on the minutes from the May 5th meeting? It was a pretty packed meeting. Amanda had gone over quite a few things with us to bring us up to speed on everything before she left town. Is there any changes anybody ha anyone has or any public comment about changes? If not, I'll take a motion to approve the minutes as written. 
Lancy Maloney here, I so move. Okay. This is Richard Haig. Does somebody have, a, do I have a second? Chris Coleman here, uh, second. Okay. Moved by Clancy Maloney, seconded by Chris Coleman. We'll do a roll call vote. So Richard, aye. Dan Bourne? Aye. Aye. Chris? Aye. Clancy? Aye. David? Aye. Jan Jim? Aye. And Tiffany? Was that an aye, Tiffany? Okay. Tiffany did nod her head. I, so no, it, it passes. I spoke. You know. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. It's all good. Um, so minutes are approved. So we'll move on to public comment. Public comment. Do, do we have any public comment out? Anybody have comments or issues that we need to address? Okay. Um, with that uh, moved, we'll uh, no public comment at this time. We'll move on to our regular agenda items. Uh, we have gone over the uh, Kansas Opening Open Meetings Act presentation already before we started the meeting. So we will go to the uh, Committee update on. Well, actually, oh, am I missing something? I do have a, a formal training to go through, Richard, oh, on the Kansas Open Meetings Act. Oh, I thought that was a person. I stand corrected. We'll, we'll go through the Open Meeting Act training. This is Scott Wagner, Airport Manager. Unfortunately, I have to inflict the annual Open Meetings Act training on all of our board members as the City Attorney's Office uh, advises us to do. So I will share my screen and make sure everyone can see this and then we'll go through the slides. Can everyone uh, see the first slide? Great. Um, this training is really uh, required of all of our boards and commissions. So we try to do this once a year. Um, since we've got three new board members uh, tonight, I'll probably go through the slides a little bit slower just to uh, make sure we're all aware of the act and uh, feel free to jump in and interrupt me if you have any questions as we go along. See if I can advance my slide. There we go. So uh, the act is based upon uh, some broad uh, preambles that were uh, put into the act when it was adopted. It's based on the belief that the public has a right to know the public business and information is essential to the effective functioning of our democracy. And this came straight from the act uh, in recognition of the fact that a representative government is dependent upon an informed electorate declared to be the policy of this state that meetings for the conduct of governmental affairs and the transaction of governmental business be open to the public. So even though we've gone to our Zoom meetings, you know, we're still open for the public that doesn't have access to our technology to uh, come here in person. Um, and, you know, we're also streaming these meetings uh, on the internet as well in keeping with uh, the principles of the uh, Open Meetings Act. So when does COMA apply? 
The body involved is a covered entity and there is a meeting. Bodies that are subject to the act, it applies to all legislative, administrative bodies, state agencies, and political and taxing subdivisions. And that also includes the Aviation Advisory Board because we do uh, receive or expend or support it in whole in part by public funds. So we are a covered body subject to the provisions of the Kansas Open Meetings Act. And those are things that you kind of need to keep in the back of your mind as aviation board members uh, um, really at all times. But especially when we're having a meeting. So you ask when uh, does a meeting occur? Three conditions must be met for a meeting. All three must be present. A gathering of a majority of the members of the body, and we're a seven member body. Uh, interactive communication, either in person, by telephone or by other medium, like we're having tonight, uh, a Zoom uh, electronic meeting, and where there is a discussion of the business or affairs of the body. Those three things constitute having a meeting of a board uh, subject to the coma. For our board, a majority of the body is four. So you kind of need to keep that uh, number in mind. If four of you were gathered uh, at Free State uh, or somewhere else and happened to start talking about things of the Aviation Advisory Board, then you would be having a public meeting. And uh, that would be a coma violation if we hadn't noticed to the public that four of you were meeting at Free State that evening. Interactive communication applies when members are in physical presence of one another, when you're having a, a conference call or a telephone call, a work session. So sometimes boards have or city commissions have study sessions, staff briefings, video conferencing, online communications when there is an opportunity for contemporaneous interaction like we have here tonight. Discussing the business of the body. Discussion of public business is what triggers the application of coma. Uh, so it, not necessarily that four of you were present at Free State uh, or any other uh, place, but that you started to talk about uh, the business that maybe before the Asian Advisory Board would kick in the coma requirements. So social gatherings are not subject to coma if there's no, no discussion of the business of the body. Conferences may be attended by board members uh, where items of general interest are discussed as long as specific business of the body is not discussed by a majority of the aviation advisory board. So uh, we could all go to a conference together. We just couldn't huddle up in a corner and start talking about board business. Electronic communications. Uh, the attorney general of the state is really the, the primary uh, enforcer of the Kansas Open Meetings Act. And periodically he issues rules and um, opinions regarding the act. The attorney general has indicated that the mere fact that a communication is electronic does not raise a coma issue. So for instance, I occasionally will send out an email blast to members of the board saying, hey, you may, be one, you, uh, you may want to know about this uh, thing or this event, and that's how I notify you. If a majority of the board uses an electronic communication to engage in an interactive discussion, such contact may raise a coma issue because it starts to become an interactive communication. A single email sent to other members would likely not be considered a violation, but participation in an online chat room or instant messaging may be considered a violation of coma because of its interactive nature. 
This is kind of a new slide we added this year because the attorney general did issue a uh, opinion uh, regarding some interactions that did take place on Facebook. Uh, simultaneous Facebook post by a board member concerning the business of the body can constitute a meeting under coma. In 2020, the Kansas attorney general found that a majority of board members posting back and forth on social media or any other medium about a recent governing body vote engaged in a meeting even though it was merely discussion or comments posted on Facebook. So again, something else to, to keep in mind. The takeaway is it's important to, like I just said, keep in mind the use of advanced technology can directly affect compliance with these important state laws. And it's something that uh, the city attorney's office does take seriously because we, as we will show you here at the end, we, we can get fined and enforcement actions can be taken against, yes, even the aviation advisory board. Members of the, are encouraged to act with caution when posting on Facebook or other social media. Be mindful whether other members are also commenting. So perhaps you know, I might be friends with all of you on Facebook. And if I posted something about our meeting here tonight, and then you all started commenting on my post, that, that would likely be a no-no. <laughs> and we would want to avoid that. I think one time that that's come up in discussion is when we do get a, a mass email from Scott or from one of the city officials that's addressed to all the board members is do not ever reply all. It'd be reply back to the sender, not to everybody involved with it to prevent that from happening. Well, thank you, Richard, for presenting my next slide. Now I don't have to talk about it. So yes, <laughs> do not reply all. Uh, it's okay to reply directly to me or to another board member, but it's best never to uh, reply all because that could start an engaging, interactive online type of discussion. Uh, serial meetings is uh, something that would be like a, a kind of a Facebook or a online chat or posting to a, a website and communicating in that way. It's a series of interactive communications of less than a major majority that's not permitted under COMA. A violation of COMA may occur if collectively these chats involve a majority of the membership, they share a common topic of discussion, and are intended by any and all the participants to reach agreement on a matter that would require binding action to be taken by the board or agency. The body involved uh, is a covered entity, COMA will apply and there is a meeting. So this is just kind of a, a review again. We have to have a majority of the membership of the board. So in this case, it's four members, it has to be interactive and you gotta be discussing members, uh, the, the business of the aviation advisory board. Coma requirements, all meetings of entities covered by coma must be open to the public and proper notice must be given. So our meeting tonight is, is indeed open to the public, both electronically and physically here at City Hall. We posted this agenda uh, last week and people have the opportunity to sign up online to receive uh, copies of our agendas as they become available. Meetings that are open to the public, they must be held in places generally accessible to the general public. So City Hall is a, you know, an accessible building, uh, especially under the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act. Meetings must be conducted so the public may observe or listen to the proceedings, which we have covered here tonight. 
Providing notice to the public of our meetings, notice of the date, time, and place of any regular special meetings must be given to a person requesting such notice. So if anyone wants to be advised of our meetings, uh, I have to make sure that they get them, but we have a process where you can sign up online to uh, receive any communications of the Aviation Advisory Board or receive the agendas when they are posted. COMA does not require notice to be given with any particular time frame, but I think as a courteous practice of our board, we try to get agendas posted, uh, preferably a week in advance to, to give people that opportunity to come to our meetings or comment on them. Notice must be first requested before a, a body is required to provide it. Agendas, uh, boards and commissions, even the city commission does not, does not have to create an agenda. It doesn't, COMA doesn't require it, but if a body creates one like this board does, uh, it should include the topics plan for discussion, which we have tonight. Agendas can be amended, and that sometimes happens even after they're posted to the public if something comes up at the last minute. If an agenda exists, copies must be available to those request them. So we have our agenda posted to our Aviation Board website. We have hard copies here tonight if we had any members of the public uh, show up uh, here to our meeting. Executive sessions, generally uh, advisory boards don't have to worry about this. It's generally not uh, something that an advisory body uh, would have. Uh, the governing body, uh, the city commission uses them for all sorts of topics ranging from contract negotiations to um, there, there's a kind of a whole laundry list of topics, uh, personnel issues that the governing body may hold an executive session about. It's uh, the city attorney's office advises that we should not have an executive session with the, the approval of uh, that office and certain procedures have to be followed. So this kind of gets into the penalty sections of coma or, or what may happen if we would have a coma violation. The attorney general or the district attorney investigates potential coma violations. The attorney general has stated that his office seeks compliance with the act. And that's generally been my experience. If, if there's been an issue, there's uh, generally a board or even the governing body is required to go through more, uh, more coma training. Uh, the attorney general can determine by a preponderance of the evidence coma violations. If violations are found, the AG can enter into a consent order. If you know if it's serious enough of a violation with a public agency, it may apply to district court to enforce a consent order, and that's just simply a, an order to make us comply with the act. Consent order may impose civil penalties, could require training, uh, district court action uh, may impose court costs. The attorney generally also may enter a consent judgment with a violator. Um, it could invalidate any decisions that would be made if we had a meeting that uh, violated uh, coma, and it could um, revolt, result in removal from office even of a, of a board member. If we have, you know, if you guys have questions, uh, I would reach out to me first. I've been in the city attorney's office now for uh, 20 years. I, I can I'll try to answer your question. If I don't know the answer, I know how to get in touch with the city attorney. So with that, I will pause for a little bit and see if anyone has any uh, questions at this time on the Open Meetings Act. I am not seeing any chair, so I think we are ready to move on to our next agenda item. All right.
So the next one would be to uh, get the committee update on the September 23rd Kansas Flying Air Tour event. Would that be? Uh, this is Scott Wagner, airport manager, but I'm going to turn it over to Rick Bryant uh, for that uh, committee update. But first of all, I want to thank members of the committee that's been working on this event. We talked about it back in May, and there's been a lot of planning uh, going on since. Um, I know Clancy Maloney is part of that uh, subcommittee. I think Derek Rogers, I saw earlier on the Zoom. Uh, we've had some meetings with the, our airport operator, Lloyd. Uh, but I especially want to thank Rick Bryant for all of his efforts uh, the past couple months. And I just wanted to also let the board know that uh, Rick uh, formally, I guess, retired from ADG uh, about the time I started uh, being the airport manager, much to my dismay. Um, but luckily, uh, the, the city was able to hire him on as an independent consultant. So he is uh, still serving uh, the airport and the Aviation Advisory Board. I'm very happy about that. And I will turn it over to Rick at this point. Thanks, Scott. Uh, Rick Bryant, uh, a member of the airport staff, if you will. But my standard answer is I'm retired. So. Uh, Scott asked me to present a, a little bit of an overview of where we're at with our hosting duties for the September 23rd Kansas Air Tour 2021. I am going to make this a pun intended high level overview of my flight tonight. Uh, I do not wish to get into the weeds. If something I say prompts a question, please write it down so you remember it call me tomorrow or email me or email Scott, and uh, then we can discuss it. But in the interest of expediency and time, I'm going to go through this stuff. If you have a question or I don't explain something to your understanding, please wave and we'll stop and, and clarify it at that moment. For the board men, new board members, first of all, my condolences and congratulations. Um, I served as chair for 11 years and then turned it over to our, our current chair. So um, we, we both know where all the bones are buried out at the airport. So hopefully you'll stick a few in the ground while you're there. So as a reminder, back in our meeting in May, we had a representative from KDOT Aviation join us via Zoom to announce that Lawrence was selected as the first overnight stop of the three-day tour of the Kansas Air Tour in September. Before you on the big screen is the map that we are using to promote the Air Tour in partnership with Kansas Department of Transportation Aviation Division and the Kansas Commission on Aerospace Education, KCAE, which was created many decades ago by the governor and its sole purpose is to promote educational opportunities and workforce development for aviation in the state of Kansas. The air tour itself has been in force for many years. Last year, because of COVID, they did not fly. So the, three, the nine cities are on day one. They'll start at Wellington, then fly to Fort Scott, then to Iola, and then they will stop at Lawrence where they will spend the night and they will have the time of their life. Um, we will put on a great show for them and a great partnership and help to promote what's going on at our airport 
and set the bar, we hope, pretty high. Then the next day, they will get up and depart early and head out to Clay Center, Phillipsburg, and then fly to Salina Regional to spend the night there. And um, my goal is always to do better than Salina Regional and compete against them. They're nice people, but we have a friendly rivalry. So I know that our stop will be better than their stop. And then Friday or Saturday morning, they'll get up, uh, fly to Concordia, and then conclude their air tour at the Beach Factory Airport in Wichita. So they've got a lot of flying. And the first day is, is pretty critical to the success of the tour. And the reason is we will be the fourth stop of a long day. So get your um, voodoo stuff out and pray for good weather and um, no hiccups. And we will welcome them late in the afternoon and then show them a good time that night. The objectives of the air tour which we had to respond to in an application package to be considered um, is to improve general aviation participation across the state, increase local community airport participation, increase air tour participation and organization, promote the Kansas aviation industry in general, and also work to increase STEM educational opportunities within each local community. Now, those are five challenging objectives for us to do in one evening, um, but we're working on that. So we have a planning committee. Uh, I bothered not to put it up, the org chart up, but Scott is in charge, even though he delegates all the heavy lifting to me, which is okay. We have three members of our advisory board, David, Clancy, and Chris that each are assigned tasks and they are working hard on those. And then uh, we have many partners throughout the community, such as our FBO, Hector Care Services, the City of Lawrence, Derek Rogers and his crew at Parks and Rec, Municipal Services and Operations, Fire Medical and the Police Department. Explore Lawrence is a partner. Lawrence Chamber of Commerce, thank you, Tiffany, is a partner. USD 497, is a partner and Kansas University is a partner, thanks to David. The schedule is very compressed and so I'm gonna hit the highlights just to give you an overview and avoid the weeds again. But we are expecting anywhere from 40 to 60 aircraft to arrive between 5 and 6.15 p.m. on Thursday night, September 23rd. From 6.30 to 8, we are going to host these participants in a private reception and dinner at the Eurotech hangar, just a few feet off the apron. <coughs> and hopefully, um, I'm counting on Chris to come through with the barbecue dinner. We're working on that. Get it. And, um, and all the volunteers that are going to help us will get to participate in that dinner as well. Then at about 8.15, 8.30, depending on how long things go, because we have, um, I did not include the speaking arrangements that are in flux right now, but being taken care of. So there'll be a, a few heads of state that will you know, speak and bless our, our little operation. Uh, and then we'll do some fun things with some drawings. But it's an opportunity for most of our volunteers, which are aviation related, to interact and network with these pilots and passengers and state officials 
to share with them what's going on at Lawrence and how much they love to fly and the great things about our airport. Then come Friday morning, our shuttle buses, we'll take them to the shuttle on in Thursday night, which will go to Spring Hill Suites, downtown and out to the Doubletree Hotel. They were strategically selected and were very gracious in giving us room blocks and, and discounted rates on hotel accommodations. Then on Friday morning, our shuttle buses will pick them up again, starting about 6.50 to 7 a.m., bring them out to the airport so they can load their baggage, check on fuel, check weather, and be prepared to take off. And um, Mr. Derek Rogers is going to lead the procession in his Chinese trainer. So hopefully the, the Chinese will let you fly. And then everything should be done and they should be out of here by about 9.30 on Friday morning. Any questions so far? Okay. Um, what we're in need now, our needs are, we need more volunteers. Right now we have about 20 that have committed. Um, I will say to all the board members tonight, you don't know this, but you have job assignments already. And uh, we'll work with you on that and, and get you lined out uh, well in advance. Um, Clancy is in charge of uh, recruiting volunteers. So if you know somebody, they don't have to be a pilot. They just have to have a love of the airport and a love of aviation um, and like to mingle with people. You know, we need people that can escort pilots into the terminal building to our registration table over to Hetrick's uh, desk to take care of fuel needs, walk them over to the Eurotech hangar to drop off their baggage um, so they can be secured while they're at dinner and, and just show our friends a, a good time. We're working on media. Um, we have, as you can see from the graphic that um, is up on the screen, this is a working layout of our facilities and how we're going to interact with them during the overnight stay. We don't have in the past, let me start this way. In the past when we have had an open house, it has been a single day event, such as a Saturday from seven in the morning till late afternoon. And we have had anywhere from three to 5,000 people show up. So parking would be a challenge. So we want the public to come out but we don't want to be overrun with people because parking is at a limited uh, space, as you can see from the, the big yellow box there at the bottom of the page. And um, so it, it's kind of a catch-22 deal. We want them to come out, see the airplanes. Uh, we're working on a static display. And so we want them to come out and see what planes are available at Lawrence. But yet, we really don't want too many people to, to come out at this time. So we're working on that. Um, Josh Carson, the public information officer for the uh, Municipal Services and Operations Department is working with me on media strategy. And there'll be a new web page up on the airport uh, website, hopefully tomorrow, that uh, you'll click on the banner at the top and it'll take you over to the new web page. Talks a little more detail about the schedule of events, um, links for hotels, and things that are more addressing the, uh, the pilots' needs that are participating in the air tour. And then we are working on some other um, media issues to um, execute throughout the, the course of the remainder of August and, and September. 
Explore Lawrence has been kind enough to provide us with uh, empty bags to, um, to put things about Lawrence in, and they have a few pieces of literature themselves. But if you know somebody that has, um, you know, what we call swag, um, we are happy to take it uh, within reason. We have to watch weight and size because uh, some of these people will be flying, you know, their own single seat aircraft and we don't want to weight them down too bad. Uh, if you know somebody that's interested in a sponsorship, it would help to um, help write off the cost of the, the dinner or our t-shirts that we are uh, talking about having made. Chris and David are the guys to get a hold of. And then the last item, um, I intentionally put this in here, but it's not something I really want to talk about, but it's the elephant in the world right now, and that's COVID. With the spike in cases that we are seeing, uh, we are in contact with KDOT Aviation. We will follow their lead and also the local health department's lead on how we're going to handle it come September. Right now, it's recommended that masks are worn inside buildings. We may have to provide a box of masks to everybody that goes inside the hangar for dinner. Um, at this time, there are no plans to cancel the air tour because of COVID. So that's a great, great thing to deal with. But we'll be monitoring it very closely as we move forward um, into the event. So uh, that's a quick, quick overview. And I probably have missed something that, you know, sparks an interest with somebody. But um, Get in contact with me and I'll be glad to fill you in the details. I've been working primarily with each of the individual silos on the uh, uh, org chart to make sure we've got things covered and everybody's doing a great job. And um, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very pleased that all the pieces are coming together nicely. And if you can imagine that, uh, you know, an event like this, there's a lot of plates that are spinning. And, um, you know, fortunately, we've got a great team and a lot of good partners. So. We're looking forward to an outstanding event. Oh, the last thing I want to mention is uh, USD 497. We have had uh, for several years a single day youth aviation camp out at the airport, and it has been geared towards middle school students. And so I've reached out to the curriculum director and they are excited to talk about using some of the free um, curriculum that's available from uh, Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association to incorporate through various grade levels throughout the district the week of the event to help educate and, and promote aviation. And it even goes as far as, uh, you know, STEM opportunities. So it, it checks off one of the big boxes for us in the objectives list. And um, right now, I, I, there's not not much more I can say about that because things are kind of in flux. They're evaluating, we're talking, we're having a good time. Um, but look for the school district to get involved at, at that level and uh, help promote aviation from the classroom, which will be a, a great thing for us and hopefully move some people towards the path of um, young people towards wanting to get into aviation and become future pilots. And, you know, there's a whole list of career opportunities um, that you can do in aviation. So. I'm going to be quiet now, and uh, if there's any questions of a general nature, be glad to address it to the group. If not, um, sadly, you all know how to find me, so um, give me a shout, and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it. Thank you very much. Does anybody have any questions for Rick? 
Uh, this is Richard Haig, Chair. Um, I do have a couple questions real quick, Rick. Um, how many volunteers are you guys looking toward recruiting? And um, who would they talk to if they want to sign up to be volunteers? We, um, a, a ballpark guess is right now about 30 to 40 uh, volunteers. We have, Clancy did a great job going to uh, a 99s and EAA meeting a couple Saturdays ago, and uh, we pulled down about uh, 20 to 22 commitments out of that. So volunteers will have um, a primary task, but they need to understand that they could be moved as the course of the day progresses in, into other activities. But uh, my goal is to have at least on a one-to-one -one basis, a somebody to receive the aircraft and kind of be their personal chaperone while they're on our property uh, to get them to the registration table, pick up their bag, take them over to the Hedrick counter and make sure they got their fuel needs taken care of for the next day. And then move them over to the Eurotech hangar for um, letting us store their bag while they're in the next hangar uh, for dinner, and then they can pick them up and get on the bus. So, um, you know, 40, 40 people in that nature um, would probably take care of us. And then um, uh, I'm talking with Scout Troop uh, about parking detail and directing cars to our parking area, uh, as well as Civil Air Patrol. So, you know, it takes a lot of people to put this thing on. and. Um, but if we get to the total universe between all those groups of about 50 or 60, I think we'll be in fine shape for Thursday. We, we can get by with less on Friday morning because the focus will be getting out of there uh, as quickly as possible. So we won't have to worry about dinner, we won't have to worry about parking. It's just get them to their plane, get them ready to go and Derek leads the way and then the rest of them will follow and you know, hopefully he won't fly all the way out to play center and then come back and be late for work. Sounds good. We appreciate your guys' effort. Pretty neat. Do we have any other comments for Rick or any other questions? Yeah, this is Ron Renz. Um, Rick, do we do we have in plan uh, in place a plan in case the weather is inclement on Thursday or Friday? Uh, you know, maybe if it's good Thursday, they can get in, but then Friday it's bad, they can get out. Do we have some kind of a plan for that, or have we thought about that? We do not have an exclusive plan for weather. Um, I'm following KDOT's lead as to what they want to do. And um, as we get closer to time, we'll have that in place. Um, right now, I think we're pretty far out on that. So um, we'll just have to monitor the, the weather. Obviously with our instrument landing system, we you know, can handle just about anything. And who knows what Friday morning is going to bring as well. Um, so I don't know what kind of slack they have in their schedule but we'll, we'll deal with it accordingly. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, I'm sure that KDOT hopefully has thought through that. If not, that may be something to raise. Just, just so somebody's thinking about it, uh, my theory is if you plan for it, you won't need it. If you haven't planned for it, you'll need it. <laughs> so that's all I got. Thank you, Ron. And this is Richard Haig, Chair. Um, as you asked, Scott, um, on there does say the, the action of the board tonight is to approve the plan that's put in front of us. Um, 
is there a, uh, the approval is just that we recommend the city go with this plan or what would the, the actual action be? Because it's more of an independent group that's doing it rather than the city. Uh, this is Scott Wagner. Uh, um, yes, um, we. I asked Rick to kind of provide an update on uh, what the subcommittee's been working on. I think back in May when we announced this air tour, my goal was to have a plan by tonight's meeting that we could share with the board and have the board kind of uh, weigh in as to whether we needed any uh, corrections and to uh, sign off on it. Uh, we don't have a written, you know, document in front of you aside from the, the maps we're sharing tonight. So um, I, I think we were just generally seeking uh, comments from the board. Uh, Richard, I don't know that we necessarily need to uh, vote on an action item tonight. Um, That's kind of where I was going with that. Thank you. So we we won't um, take a motion or action on the uh, on the plan as it was presented tonight. Just to, we'll receive it as an update, and uh, we appreciate your guys' effort. So moving forward, we'll uh, go with the. Uh, airport manager's report and see what Scott has to bring us. Great. This is Scott Wagner again, airport manager. I'm going to pass out a couple hard copies to our member board members that are here tonight. And Richard has one. I will email this document out to the group. Uh, so you'll have a, a hard copy as well, but since our May meeting, I was looking at the video the other day. It seems like that was a lifetime ago for me. Uh, for those of you that are new to the board and uh, the public that may be tuning in tonight, I took over airport manager duties at the beginning of, of May when Amanda Sahin uh, left the city and we've been busy. Uh, so tonight is an opportunity to just kind of update you uh, at a pretty high level on all the things I've been working on since taking over as uh, airport manager. Uh, the first item I want to talk about is I attended the Kansas Association of Airports Annual Conference uh, that was held down in Newton uh, from June 7th to the 9th. I attended that in person and wow, that was a great opportunity for me being a new airport manager to just touch base and meet other airport managers across the state and other aviation professionals. There were several um, aviation companies that had uh, displays set up in the conference room adjacent to the main meeting room. And I was able to speak to several engineering firms about our engineering services request for qualifications that we had just issued on June 1st. So that was a nice opportunity for me to touch base with those firms, encourage them to uh, submit responses to that RFQ. FAA staff also presented on, uh, information on a lot of really uh, timely and valuable topics, and uh, they were not there in person. They were there on Zoom, but it was it was good to get that information straight from FAA staff, and, and they were able to interact with uh, uh, people that were present there. And believe it or not, they also asked me to speak at the conference, even though I was a brand new airport manager. I spoke on the topic of managers with many hats and I continue to wear a few hats and it was a good round table. So I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed that conference and it was most valuable. Um, going back to the topic of our engineering services request for qualifications, I think Amanda's generally been talking about this topic with the group. Um, 
But on June 1st, the city issued an RFQ, and that was basically asking uh, engineering firms to submit proposals in response to this uh, request for qualifications that we had put out there to serve as the basically the engineering advisor uh, for the city, for the airport, for the aviation advisory board. On June 21st, we held a voluntary pre-submittal meeting out at the airport, which was really well attended. I think we had about uh, 10 or 11 people out there that day. Uh, staff gave a brief presentation, and then uh, I appreciated Lloyd Hetrick meeting us out there and assisting with the tour of the airfield, because those folks got to see kind of firsthand the projects that we had put in our RFQ that are upcoming that we expect to receive FAA funding on, as well as a couple other uh, projects that we've got some KAIP funding on, and they were able to uh, see the issues that, you know, uh, we need to address on the ground. So that was super helpful. Responses to that RFQ were due July 1st, and we did receive proposals from four firms. We decided to interview all four of those firms, and we did so this week on August 2nd and 3rd. And I want to give a shout out to aviation board member Dan Ward. He uh, set in on all those interviews and the scoring of those proposals, and he's a uh, He's put in his time this week as a member of the board. I, I really appreciated his um, being part of that process and his insight. And we hope to select a finalist in the next week and start working on uh, contract details with the selected firm. And I think before I go through the rest of my laundry list, I'm just gonna turn it over to Dan for a, a couple minutes to give his insight as to how he thinks that process went. Dan? Yes, thank you, Mike. Thank you, muted, Dan. Again, uh, yeah, it, it went really well. Uh, the, I think the all of the four firms were very impressive, both in their uh, RFQ, what they uh, wrote, and then also in their presentations uh, to uh, myself and the city staff. Uh, I think whoever we chose, whoever we choose in this, we really can't go wrong. I think any any of the four would be uh, a great choice. Um, and the RFQ was uh, basically they would give us their uh, their personnel, their experience. Uh, they detailed how they would handle the different projects that we had outlined for them. Uh, you know, the taxiway, the taxi lanes, the apron, the rehab of 119. Um, they gave really detailed explanations of how they would handle that. And then they also had recommendations from area airports, from airport managers and city staff and other cities around here uh, as to how they were, would uh, work with them. And like I say, they all came across as extremely strong candidates. So I think we can't go wrong no matter who we choose out of that bunch. And that was um, you know, pretty much my reaction to it. I learned a lot and I really appreciated uh, you know, the chance to uh, sit in on those meetings. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Scott Wagner, airport manager. I, again, I appreciate your service. And I would echo Dan's uh, comments about the four firms we interviewed. Uh, any one of these firms will hit the ground running, I believe, in terms of being ready to uh, address the projects that we need help with. They were all impressive. They had to identify their project manager, their lead engineer, and their inspector that they would have on the ground for any, any uh, uh, projects. And they had to bring their team. And so we were able to you know, ask questions of that team. And they all 
I had done some homework. They had spent some time uh, working on uh, the issues we needed to address, and they all kind of had some unique uh, solutions to uh, whether it's drainage issues uh, out on our apron that Lloyd has seen in the last uh, couple months to uh, addressing some drainage problems with the taxiways out, outside uh, uh, the Hangar A that we have some funding to fix. So I was very, like Dan said, very impressed with all the firms. Yeah, so I'll uh, keep going down my list and, and, uh, and then I'll, oh, Dan, go ahead. Yeah, this is Dan Bourne, Aviation Advisory Board member. I just wanted to comment the, the areas that we uh, kind of concentrated on in the presentations when we had a chance to uh, to ask questions of them. Uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of in infrastructure money coming down the pike here uh, fairly soon. So we uh, 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 an important point was the relations with the uh, FAA and the KDOT, uh, how well they knew the people there, how well they knew the procedures, and could they be in a position to help us uh, get some of that money? And also, could they be in a position to let us know about what we can do to apply for some of this? Uh, so that was a, a priority. And we also looked for uh, a vision for the airport. You know, we wanted to be more than just some, somebody just to tick off a list uh, of their clients. We wanted somebody that, had, that knew the history, that knew what we wanted for the Lawrence Airport and that would be able to help us achieve that. So that was another thing that we looked at. And uh, we also looked for experience in aviation and airports, and not just civil engineering experience, but experience with having looked at you know, airports before and knowing uh, how to handle problems with runways, problems with taxiways and grades and uh, runway lights and all that sort of thing. So uh, those were kind of the, the areas that we were looking at in particular when we asked questions of them. Excellent. Thank you, Dan. Scott Wagner, airport manager. And one final thing to add to that is all four of these firms have staff within 30, 40 minutes of our airport. You know, if we have a problem, uh, we can have staff on the ground from these firms uh, that day. And so that, that was kind of a key component of our analysis as well. So let me keep going and then I'll open it up to the board to see if you've got questions on all these projects. Um, I've got a brief update on the uh, Hattrick Hangar 2 project and the budget adjustments that we talked about at our May 5th meeting. On June 15th, the City Commission approved the lease agreement and the cooperation agreement with Hetrick Air Services for the construction of their second hangar. Uh, so those uh, items did get approved and uh, the agreements have been executed. The governing body also approved the airport budget adjustments that we presented to the board at our May 5th meeting. And since that time, we've been working with Hetrick's engineering firm to finalize public improvement plans for that project. In fact, just yesterday, I got uh, a revised set of public improvement plans uh, from that engineering firm. Staff has received all of our necessary approvals from FAA regarding the plans to extend the taxiway to serve the new hangar. Uh, so I think from that perspective, uh, the city's ready to go and we've got staff working on construction documents so that we'll be ready to, to bid that project uh, here in the coming weeks. Uh, the Kansas Airport Improvement Grant Award on June 15th, that item was also on the city commission agenda. Uh, they approved acceptance of this grant and authorized the city manager to uh, uh, sign the agreements with KDOT. So we have those grant documents signed in the amount of 184,000 was the grant award. And all four of those engineering firms we talked to had specific proposals as to how to design that project. Cause we told them at that meeting back in June out at the airport that that wasn't 
part of our RFQ, but that would probably be the first project uh, they would be working on. So um, they, they are ready to go and I'm excited to work with them on that project. And that project involves uh, rehabilitation of the taxi lanes on each side of T hangar A and the pavement areas north of T hangars B and C. So that project has not been designed. Uh, so again, that I hope to have our new engineering firm uh, work on that project and get going on it. And they'll be tasked with that. If you remember at the May 5th meeting, uh, as Richard said, it was kind of a packed agenda. We also had a presentation from Uplift Coffee, that uh, little coffee company uh, there in North Lawrence wanting to come out to the airport and serve clients, especially on KU game days. And we were able to get that approved. Uh, we um, were able to work with the city manager's office and uh, get that approved administratively versus having to take that to the uh, governing body. Uh, on July 22nd, uh, Rick and I uh, met with the owner, Chris O'Brien, and they brought their truck out there on site. And we worked out a position kind of in the long-term parking area, like we presented at the uh, May 5th meeting to, to stage a truck on KU game days. And they Plan to also be there at our September 23rd uh, air tour event. Uh, we really look forward to this partnership with Uplift and think it'd be good for the pilots and tenants and persons using the airport. And I know they were going to reach out to Lloyd and the other tenants at the airport to see if they could uh, serve them uh, during the week as well, because they they're able to offer out of their uh, their coffee truck uh, box lunches and uh, obviously beverages and uh, I think it'd just be a good partnership and they're just good folks. So we'll report back probably at our next next meeting as to uh, how that arrangement is working out. Um, the gate controller project, we have some funding through uh, CARESX grants to automate um, to the two remaining gates that are not automated. Uh, this project is being designed by an MSO uh, engineer by the name of Gary Reinheimer. He's on staff here and he's been doing the design in-house. Uh, it was tweaked a little bit after we got some feedback from FAA staff and he's been working on the project plans um, the last couple months. They're pretty much finalized and I expect that bid uh, to go out here uh, this week or next. And we'll report back probably at our November meeting uh, on the status of that project as well. Uh, we will work with, um, you know, if we do have it under contract by September, we'll make sure that the contractor doesn't get started before our fly-in event so that we don't have a construction project underway uh, at that time. I think Amanda has uh, reported generally on uh, some CIP funding that the city had to improve the airport terminal. We've engaged with a local architecture firm by the name of CT Design to work on the terminal upgrade project. A meeting was held with that firm on May 19th out at the airport to kind of review what uh, funding we had and what the needs were out at the airport. Staff discussed uh, the ADA bathroom installation and we found a location in the terminal building for construction of an ADA uh, accessible bathroom. We're currently working with the firm on uh, rehabilitation of the existing bathroom and other terminal upgrades that can be funded within the scope of our uh, CIP budget this year. We hope to finalize construction plans and get that project bid this fall as well. So we should have a good update for you by our November meeting on that project. Um, some more funds hopefully will be coming our way. The Secretary, United States Secretary of Transportation announced on June 22nd, a list of airports eligible to receive um, American Rescue Plan grant funds. And that is the most recent 
um, COVID stimulus package has come out of the Biden administration. And the Lawrence Airport's eligible to receive an amount of $59,000 from that first round of funding. Um, I haven't had time yet to work on an application to obtain that funding, but I, I will uh, be working on that and working on the criteria for uh, what uses are eligible uh, for that. And I'll report back on that at our November meeting as well. A um, couple months ago, I talked to a former board chair, aviation board chair by the name of Greg Smith, and he is organizing a fly-in event for uh, I think they're a type of experimental uh, aircraft uh, called Pulsars out at the airport. That's going to be held September 9th through the 12th. I talked to him today and that event uh, is still happening. And um, he's happy to uh, have any of our board members uh, come out that night and to, to see those aircraft uh, as they fly into the, uh, the Lawrence Airport. So they'll be around for a few days. Again, the dates are September 9th through the 12th. And uh, I think the final thing I have to report on at our last meeting, um, it was announced the dates of the four states conference. That's of uh, the four states of the central region of FAA. And they have a, a annual conference and it probably wasn't held last year, but this year it is being held August 25th through the 27th in Kansas City. I have registered to attend that. And I'm looking forward again to meeting with FAA staff and other uh, aviation professionals in the area. And uh, we were able to get uh, registration provided by the city for uh, board member Dan Bourne to attend as well. So we'll provide an update on that conference uh, at our next board meeting as well. And I think that wraps up the, the laundry list of stuff I've been working on since May and I'll answer any questions. This is Richard Haig. Does anybody have any questions for Scott on the items, on the updates? Hey, one comment I would have is on, uh, as we move forward in the future, the Four States Conference with the FAA is a, a real eye-opener for board members that can attend because it does give you how the FAA views the airports and, and procedures at airports and how they encourage cities to operate them. So it kind of gives you an idea of what direction, especially when it comes to ground leases and things like that, what they're expecting from us. So in the, in down the road, as these come around each year, if other board members uh, want to attend, I would encourage talking to the city about it because it also gives you a chance to meet the people in Kansas City and, uh, and get to know, put a face with a name. It's not just somebody either approving or disapproving of something we sent to them or changing it. It actually puts a, a human face on the other end that understand what they're looking at. Hey, Richard. Uh, yeah, this is Dan Bourne, Aviation Advisory Board member. Uh, yeah, I attended a couple of years ago before COVID hit. And I would also encourage anybody that would like to attend that, to try to attend. It's not just FAA procedures. There's, there's many contractors that are there. They're giving presentations. You can learn about all the different uh, uh, processes uh, in construction and building and maintenance and uh, vehicles and asphalt and concrete and just you know any number of issues that come up in maintaining an airport. I found it a very eye-opening experience. Yeah. Thank you for going, Dan. Okay. We'll move ahead to the uh, FBO report. Lloyd, are you still with us? Um, yeah. Can you okay. hear me there? We can. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think the best thing I can do is just explain kind of some of the growth we've had since our last meeting. We've, uh, I think I've mentioned we brought on the Robinson helicopter dealership. Uh, we just, 
uh, took delivery of our second new R, uh, R44. We have an R22. Those are currently being based out of Kansas City downtown. We started uh, flight instruction, uh, air tours. We'll be doing putting that on our charter certificate as well. Uh, so hope is to expand this operation over into the Kansas City market with uh, helicopters and, and really even branch on back into Topeka Lawrence area as well. Um, we just brought on, I've got another technician starting in the shop here uh, in two weeks. It'd be bringing me up to four mechanics now in the shop. So uh, we're growing in that area as well, which creates a new problem with uh, space uh, in the current maintenance hangar. It's tight, but uh, we do see the work growing. And uh, with the addition of our managed aircraft, we're getting additional work there as well. And uh, we're, I, I think we're there with the city, it sounds like, uh, Scott, with all our approvals. So our hope is still that we break down before, uh, ground on the number two hangar before winter so that uh, by March uh, we're, we're moving into it. And that's still on uh, being, I think it's still being proposed with that to where we should have all that in place uh, to be in there. Be nice to be in before the winter, but that's not going to happen. But uh, at least we're making growth that way. So I think that's all. Uh, I, I look forward to working with Rick on the air tour, trying to get that and Chelsea figured out. I think that'd be good for our airport. Uh, we're planning on uh, displaying it least our uh, fleet of aircraft for the flight instruction and we're going to bring a helicopter over as well to uh, demo, kind of uh, display in reference to the operation. So I think that's all I've got. Any questions? What I got a question. This is Jim at uh, Airport Advisory Board. Since Uplift has been approved, do you plan on adding them to your AirNav um, since we don't have any restaurants or anything low, low, uh, listed, I think your FTO is pretty complete, but it's missing probably that part of it for fuel stops. It might yeah. jump some fuel for you. Yeah, I'll look at, into that. I, we can put a list of different uh, venues on it. Uh, obviously, it's not on it. I, I think that would have to come from us. So let me uh, look at adding that on. And I think we were, I think they were also looking at um, just some periodic. Uh, service at the airport during the week even possibly uh, basically now that we're getting more staff on at the airport but uh yeah i'll get reach out and get that added to that list that'd be great so richard egg chair does anyone else have any questions for lloyd with the fbo operations thank you lloyd appreciate the update okay the next uh, item on our agenda is the housekeeping. It is the evening for selecting our chair and vice chair for the next year. And uh, so open the, the floor up for people that are not want to nominate somebody or people that are interested in, in serving on the, the uh, chair or vice chair. Mr. Chairman, uh, this is Chris Coleman, um, member of the advisory board. I would nominate uh, Richard Haig as uh, chairman. Then I would I would accept a, a nomination for that. Okay. 
This is Clancy Maloney, um, board, and I will second that nomination. Any other nominations or people interested in the chair? With that said, I guess we'll take a vote to see those in favor of, of me staying on as chair for another year. And uh, I would go for, I would say yes and go down the list. Roll call. Dan Bourne. Aye. Chris Coleman. Aye. Clancy Maloney. Aye. David Habe. Aye. Jim Laster. Aye. And Tiffany Hall. Aye. Okay. It's Namas Holly. I will be happy to serve with you guys for another year. Hopefully we can keep everything growing the way it has been. And so we do need to, uh, to nominate a, uh, a vice chair. Mr. Chairman. Yes. I would nominate uh, Clancy Maloney for vice chairman. Okay. I would second that. This is Dan Bourne. Mm -hmm. Do we have any other nominations? This is Richard Haig chair. So we have a, a, a nomination for Clancy Maloney and seconded by Dan Bourne. So I will start the roll call and I will say yay. Dan Bourne. Aye. Chris Coleman. Aye. Clancy Maloney. Aye. David Habe. Aye. Jim Laster. Aye. And Tiffany Hall. Aye. So it's, it's passed unanimous. So Clancy, looks like we're going to work together another year. Look forward to it. So with the nominations in place, um, I think we've reached the conclusion of our agenda for the night. Um, is there any other comment, public comment, or comments by board members before we, we adjourn? Hey, Richard, uh, this is Dan Bourne, uh, Aviation Advisory Board member. Uh, I want to emphasize I'm not volunteering for it, but are we still nominating, uh, electing a, a, sec a secretary or someone to transcribe the meetings to, for the minutes? No, um, this is Richard Hague, uh, chairman. That was delegated to city staff so that they want the city to be responsible for the, the minutes as they're presented instead of a, a secretary from the advisory board. So, Okay, great. So we'll take the roll call on on record and at the beginning of each meeting, and then the uh, city staff will will produce the minutes for us and put them online so that they'd be official. Good deal. Okay. Any other questions? Well, I want to say welcome again to uh, our new board members, and thank you for all the service our existing board members do. And as everybody's finding out that. It's not just on the advisory capacity, but we get to be some ambassadors for the airport and for the city as well as as visitors come into to uh, Lima Whiskey Charlie and and make it our home airport. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I move to adjourn. 
I, I really, I don't know. Do we? Yeah, let's go ahead uh, and then take a, a motion in a second and roll okay. call. All righty. So I'll Seconded. take a motion. Okay, seconded by Dan Bourne. And roll call, I say aye. Dan Bourne? Aye. Chris Coleman? Aye. Clancy Maloney? Aye. David Habe? Aye. James Laster? Aye. And Tiffany Hall? Aye. All right. With that said, uh, the meeting's adjourned. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. See you November 3rd, I think, is our next meeting date. See you all then. Okay.